Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Yeah, you coming now. Welcome to Wrestling Daft The Marks, healing from Lambert, weighing in at 182 pounds. Yes, I have lost a pound, thank you very much. Uh, I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft and host of this show. And with me, a man who has more moles in the industry than Rey Mysterio has eyes. That probably means you've only got got two moles. It's Gary. Two is more than most of the people that report on wrestling news, so I'll take that any day of the week. Um, but I, I'm going to guess you're not wearing Mark Coffey's trunks if you've lost a pound now. No, I've not got Mark Coffey's <laughs> trunks on this week. No, I really should have. But you, alas, we are missing the third member of the team this week as, unfortunately, Big Alex failed the wellness policy. Um, so was immediately removed from the show after several rewrites. So, um, yeah, he... Big Alex is, is not very well, so he. But he has sent on his notes. Don't you worry. Unfortunately, however, Gary, I, I, I'm have to break it to you. It means we don't get turning Japanese. Our new favourite feature of the show, where we'll take a look at the Japanese wrestling. We're not going to have that today. My my day's ruined. I think we might as well just call the podcast there and and just leave it at three minutes. Yeah, I know. I, we peaked last uh, week with the uh, evil's heel turn. So, um, but uh, Alex will be back next week. But it's just us two. You're stuck with this week, and it's been a big week for wrestling. Actually, two big pay per view events at the weekend. Then we obviously had fight for the fallen last week. Um, Let's kick off with, with Slammiversary. Now, Gary, I have not seen this, but I looked at your Twitter. You were obviously working from Sports Kida, and you know you do all your stuff on Twitter before the shows. From what I could see, it was a brilliant show. Talk us through it. Well, I, you mentioned Del Alex is away, so we don't have the AEW mark, but I think I can replace him as the Impact mark now because I loved it. And I think they've been slowly building. I've been mentioning this for the past wee while. Every now and again, I'm like, Impact are doing things the right way, but they're still tarnished with that TNA brush. Obviously, you know, everybody's still kind of got a wee sour taste in their mouth about the way the company was run a few years yeah. ago. Mentioned that a couple of weeks ago on here, Gallows and Anderson had signed with the company. There was definitely going to be more stuff happening. Knew that they were going to be heading into, you know, a, a new time of trying to, you know, make a break in the, the current wrestling. You know, it looks like it's not a monopoly anymore because AEW is part of it. Impact are definitely trying to make their way Slammiversary, huge statement. Um, just a brilliant show, start to finish. There was a few things that weren't great, but that's always going to be the way. Nothing's yeah. perfect. A few things that weren't amazing. The match quality was amazing. You know, we didn't just get Gallows and Anderson returning. We got the Motor City Machine Guns returning straight off the bat. They used Gallows and Anderson as a decoy to bring them in unexpected. And they done the same at the end. You know, the mystery opponent. And sorry, Heath Slater turned up halfway through as well. Yeah. But you had the mystery opponent. Everybody's gone. It's going to be EC3 or Eric Young. Who did they bring out? Rich Swan. And then that's the swell because immediately after he comes out and everybody's went, oh, we wanted EC3 or Eric Young. Then a masked man comes out. That masked man is Eric Young. 
And at the end, we get EC3 as well with a perfect hook for TV. Brilliant yeah. show start to finish. I absolutely loved it. Now, you thought, I mean, you obviously just thought you were getting one of the stars. I mean, that's how they kind of teased the campaign. Yeah. You know, you thought you were only getting one of the stars. But then they've just went like, no, nah, we're all in with, with all these guys now. And, you know, was, do you think Rusev was going to be part of that as well? I'm not sure on that. So that's obviously we mentioned last week that he had COVID that it, it got him. It confirmed yeah. that it was, you know, positive test on Tuesday. So there was no way that it was going to show up because it was live. Um, I'm not sure. I would love to see him in Impact. I think he would be great for Impact. The one thing I'll say, everybody was saying before, oh, well, they've not got the money to throw around and get all these names. They definitely do. I mean, look at the people they got rid of. Tessa Blanchard on a lot of money. Um, you know, Mike Elgin wasn't on a, a pretty penny and also, or sorry, was on a pretty penny and so was Joey Ryan. Yeah. So even if you count them having no money in the bank, aside for that, they cut three massive names. You know, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson were always going to go there. AEW apparently no longer had any interest because they'd been rejected the year before. They were always going to go there. But they're, you know, I think they're in a minority of being on an actual contract. There's a lot of people that are getting paid per appearance. Dionna Perazzo is still one of those. And I think Keith Slater, you know, EC3 and Eric Young might be on that bracket as well. But they definitely have money to spend, so Rusev could still make an appearance in the future. Yeah, well, I mean, I think out of, you look at the companies, Impact's the one out of this whole lockdown situation that I think had the chance to do the most, if you know what I mean. You know, I had the, you know, I had the, you know, had could have the biggest impact because, <laughs> you know, you don't, you expect, you know, AEW and WWE are such a pedestal that it can only go kind of backwards for them, but they're kind of down here and, you know, from what I've gathered from, you know, we spoke to David Sahadi on this show, yeah. um, who's one of the Impact producers who obviously was really big in WWE. And from what I can gather from him, they were doing things the right way. They, he was saying our production values are a lot better than what WWE and AEW have got on. Just people aren't as weird. Now, there was a lot of buzz around Slammiversary, you know. And then hopefully that, that's got more eyes on the product now, especially with those names coming in. And you then start questioning, with the way the ratings are going for both AEW and um, WWE at the moment, you think, can they just start sneaking up like up the back there as, as, as the Totters and, yeah. and, and see what well, they can do? I know journalism doesn't really dictate you know, ratings or anything like that, but I just um, had a look today. At, like, so every, every event, Sportskeeda does like a, a kind of a results article. You know, most websites do, uh, and people will read that that haven't actually watched the event for the most part, or some people just read it for the sake of reading it. The Slammiversary results article that went up immediately after it, you know, maybe less than an hour, an hour after it. So that's UK time, 5 a.m. Sunday at the latest. Yeah. Until just now, that article has been read 337,000 times. That's interesting. That's a, that's a lot for impact. Yeah. That is unheard of for impact. So we'll that's, see if it kicks that's on. Interesting. That, that's going to be, it will be interesting to kind of watch that as it develops, especially if, if they could put Rusev into that mix. Yep. You're suddenly going, right, okay. Well, you know, I'm sure AEW are going, oh, that's, that's maybe something to start worrying about. Um, as are the WWE as well. Um, so, yeah, that I've got Alex's notes. Oh, even though Alex has failed the wellness policy, he has sent over <laughs> over his notes. So he's put down for Slammiversary, put over Return of Motor City Machine Guns, Shelley coming out of retirement. Buddy, sounds quality. Did you notice any, anything wrong with the sound? Yeah, 
Firstly, I want to note, see on that um, the Motor City Machine Guns thing, the genius there was the impact had teased a world champion coming back and Chris Sabin as a former world champion. So right. right out of the gate, that meant that the surprise people were like, oh, maybe there's not going to be another world champion. Turns out there was two more. Uh, so that was good. Yeah. But yeah, the sound quality was the one thing. Um, there was only two things on the full show that I didn't like. One was the gauntlet match. They'd done this thing that I hate when wrestling promotions do. WWE are really bad for it. We've got a multi-woman match. Let's have a guy dress up as a woman. Aww. And they've done it They've done it twice with the same guy, and it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, and that match as well didn't really show off the knockouts division at the best it could. But the other thing was the sound quality. It was kind of bad at the start, not too noticeable. They then had a bit where they cut to um, they had Josh Matthews saying, oh, and this is what happened between Ty Valkyrie and Johnny Bravo, um, which I have got a wrestler called Johnny Bravo. Um, they cut to right. that. Uh, I, I know it doesn't make any sense. He's the guy that also was the one that cross-dressed in the, the event. But they went to that, and then we just had like dead air for about two minutes, and then they kind of went cold into the video. Something happened there. And then the most notable part, the annoying part, and this was both a Fight TV and an Impact thing, Fight TV went down right as Heath Slater made his appearance. Oh, so a lot no. of people didn't see that. I did see it, um, but... This, his microphone wasn't working so you could only hear a kind of muted version of what he was saying mm. and that obviously ruined that segment so that's the okay. only thing and it's annoying because the production aside for that was great yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was just a few important bits that were oh, wrong you can't account for technical difficulties I know all about that <laughs> um, also uh, on Heath Slater Alex has suggested new names for Heath Slater he thinks either Heath Tyler or Heath Roofer I see what he's done there you <laughs> appreciate you appreciate that one, Gary, as a fan of the Aye. fun. Uh, so yeah, I don't that, mind that. Apparently, as just uh, Heath. Heath is just, just his Heath. name now. Yeah. Right. Um, that was Slammiversary. Sunday night, it was the horror show at Extreme Fucking Rules. Uh, now, uh, we, we decided to have a Patreon party. Unfortunately, Gary, you couldn't make it. Big Alex was obviously failing the, the wellness policy. Um, so it was me left on my own with a couple of our patrons. Thanks very much to Pablo, Sean, Scott, Paul, who all joined me. And what a laugh we had at that event. Now, I've come out of that event going, oh my God, we were slating it, absolutely slating it. I've went on, I was like, I can't wait to read the reviews of this, but every review I've kind of read has been really positive. <laughs> what would your take on it from Sports Kira's point of view? I'm not sure I can help you because I think I liked everything everyone else hated oh, and hated joking. everything everybody else liked. I I thought it was a really good event overall. Um, I loved the tables match. I thought that was brilliant. That was good, yeah. I I really liked the Dolph Ziggler-Drew McIntyre match yep. because I feel like they played the stipulation well there as well. You know, everything was good about that. I thought I thought Drew, uh, sorry, Dolph, that's the best I've seen Dolph yeah. in years. And it, I, I didn't like the step. I didn't like the stipulation on it, but because it was a bit weird. Uh, but the finish, what a finish that was, by the way. What a finish. That flip up from the, and then into the Claymore kick was the thing of absolute beauty. The thing that, um, so this is where it gets controversial. The thing that I loved, and then the two things I disliked are things that I think everybody would disagree with me with. I loved the eye for an eye match, I thought it was brilliant. Right, <laughs> right. It was a good match. It was a good match, but it was like it was weird because it was almost like it was like a normal match. Like Ray was just doing his going through all his kind of you know 
set manoeuvres and all that sort of stuff. And it wasn't until the kind of end when it started tapping up, they started ramping it up to the kind of the eye thing. So it was like, it was a bit weird. And it was like, mm, I don't get it. I mean, what did you think of the fake eye? Right. So this is one that I'm going to say 20 years ago, it's the best thing ever. And I'm guilty of this. It looked amazing at first sight because you could only see a tiny bit of it. They left enough to the imagination, yeah. you know. The Seth Rollins vomit looked legit as well. I don't know if he was eating oats, porridge or whatever before it. Um, that looked legit and I think they left enough to the imagination. But of course, people like me and everyone else went back and grabbed as many screen caps of that eye as they could and scrutinised it. In an age with it, social media, I think they get away with it. But then obviously now we're like, it's a bit rubbish. Um, but yeah. I still thought it was okay. I'm, I'm willing to give them the pass on that, we think, because it's not their fault. And if they did show it, people were saying, oh, where was the CGI? I think if they'd done a CGI, I, it would have been terrible because that's your setting expectations you can't reach. we all seen the Eric Rowan spider. I'm quite happy with them, with them leaving it to the imagination. Yeah, no, I, I, I have to say, our, our Patreon Pablo, while we were watching, did point out that uh, Seth Rollins came out with a set of mole grips now, he, in his words, I don't know if Pablo is in the, the medical field or is just a psycho or a murderer because he says, listen, you're never going to get, I hope it's the medical field. I think it is, actually. But he says, you're never going to get a set of eyes at the Mulgrips. What you need is a spoon. So he was telling us, that's how you get an eye is with a spoon. So they were going for all the wrong tools, you know, candlesticks, <laughs> stair edges. They should have really just brought out a spoon and went with a spoon. I quite like the way they've uh, left it on a, a, um, a bit of a cliffhanger as well because he's got global luxation. His eye didn't get fully gouged out. Yeah, I love yeah. how they've went um, all in with that, uh, that term, but someone asked Dave Meltzer on Twitter, how do you heal global luxation? And Dave Meltzer's reply was, you sign a new contract. Because <laughs> apparently, Ray Mysterio, they're going to wait and see if he signs yeah. a new contract to see yeah. if he comes back or not. <laughs> I, I didn't like the, the, the sick bit I thought was unnecessary. I thought <laughs> poor actor. And then the, the, someone did point out, see when Rollins was doing, like Rollins has clearly never been in the scouts because the knots he was trying to do to tie Ray Mysterio to the ring was terrible. Aye, that was it. Uh, that was probably a downfall with the knot making. I was like, mm, you're not yeah, going to tie anybody up there. Um, anything other that kind of stood out from the pay-per-view on you? Bad or good? Yep. The ending of Sasha Asuka. Really didn't like it. Really didn't like it. Was, it. it was two screwy endings. Aye. The fact they did it where, obviously, MVP got the US title without fighting a pole and just said, I'm now the US champion, and then yeah. obviously that ref. I mean, obviously it leads to a rematch because that was a that was a apart from the finish, it was an incredible yeah. oh, match. You know, only standout match in the car. Uh, I think they were using that to um, to boost a TV rating, which I know that some people don't like when they use pay per views to sell TV, but that's where the money's made now on TV. But yeah, yeah last night on Raw, they um, they had the announcement that next week the match will take place where Asuka and Sasha Banks go head to head and it's a, you know, you can lose the title on a disqualification type thing. So it's right. pretty, pretty good the way they've sold it after that, but the ending was still just over, you know, overbooked <laughs> really badly. Yeah, yeah. Um, swamp match. Let's talk about the swamp match. Thoughts? Hated almost everything about it, but the things that I liked, they done really well. I loved Alexa the, Bliss bit, I thought was great. Yeah, that, that's the standout for me. I loved the Alexa Bliss yeah. bit. You know, imaginary Alexa Bliss being the one to you know, as a as Braun Strowman's sister Abigail trying to entice him home. That was great. 
Um, I loved there was a few wee things. They had a boar at the start, and they yeah. showed a buzzard, and they showed a hare, which is obviously Huskis Pig, Mercy the Buzzard, and the uh, Rambling Rabbit. And the boar thing kind of also looked. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, the boar was also a tease. At, um, Bray Wyatt put up an image a few weeks or a few months ago, maybe, um, and it was the fiend mask with a boar tusk. And it seems right. like people are thinking maybe Braun Strowman is going to become a different type of fiend with a boar mask on, which could be pretty cool. But there was a lot of things I liked. I loved the end as well. The credits coming up and then the that's disappearing and is getting the actual ending with a fiend. I yeah. love that for the, you know, they call it the horror show Extreme Rules. That was the one bit that made it like a horror show was really yeah. good. But the rest of it, I thought was, I thought the rest was really boring and dragged on a bit. But the bits yeah. that were good were good. Yeah, I am. Um, Going to the horror show, Extreme uh, Rules, it's like they hadn't even bothered dressing the arena. They hadn't, like, <laughs> just, I, I, I was really disappointed. I expected horror show, they would dress the arena, they would do, obviously, a bit more, but nah, not, they, yeah. they couldn't be arsed. And even fucking, <laughs> Braun, Braun um, or Bray had fairy lights around this swamp. I can't imagine Bray going down to B&M or the range and picking up a set of fairy lights for the swamp, you know? So I put up a, I got sent on a couple of images yesterday of uh, behind the scenes of the swamp fight, and it was obviously somebody that had worked on the crew had sent these to somebody, and somebody else sent them to me. Um, but it looks like, and I'm no certain, it looked like a golf course that it was filmed on. Um, and the images and the light looked very, very different. So obviously they did quite a good deal of production on it. Yeah. Um, but it was um, the, the one that stood out. A lot of them, it was just like, oh, there's like a couple of, sound effects, vans with like equipment being loaded out, or oh, there's Vince's security guard and stuff like that. The yeah. one bit that kind of, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, was see the, the start with the rocking chair in the middle of the road. Um, yeah. that, that image was there during the day as well, and it was like, oh man, the amount of work they've done to actually make that yeah. look like it looked was good. So I appreciate it, but it was just a bit boring and, and long for me. Mixed bag for you. Not my favourite pay-per-view, I have to say, for me. Uh, looking at Alex, I've got Alex's notes as well. He says, put over the tables match, the powerbomb finish. Wolf, that was, that was good. Oh, aye, aye. What a uh, I mentioned that when um, I love that Cesaro had a respect for plurals because it's a tables match, so he made sure he put them through too. Uh, but it was some <laughs> spot. You, I had a respect to Kofi Kingston for actually going through the table. No, exactly. He says, uh, buddy that eye. Yep. And... Uh, <laughs> Buddy uh, Bliss's sister Abigail. I don't Aww. think I, I, I don't because it wasn't. It was like an it, it was an image as opposed Aye. to actually Alexa Bliss's sister Abigail. So he's talking nah. shit here. He's Aye. talking shit. So, uh, imagination. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, let's we we put it out on Twitter to to you guys on the wrestling daft um, Twitter. Uh, give us a five word review of Extreme Rules. Let's go through a couple of these. They're uh, good. Uh, ben Hall. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna puke. Um, Westy, what did we just watch? David Birch, Kofi through two tables. Wow. Um, Dean Riley, eyeball extracted. Samoa Joe, unfazed. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't seem that arsed about it. No. Eh? Uh, Kieran Kelly, uh, time to up Vince's medication. Right. Uh, Simon, swamp fight. Absolute swamp shite. Um, Chris Hutton, Rey Mysterio holds a gobstopper. Um, <laughs> Scott, nobody got eaten by alligators. I was so disappointed there was Braun Strowman yeah. wrestling an alligator. I wanted that to happen. and it I was certain that was going to happen. There even a wee cameo for ZZ for Tough Enough, the guy that did actually wrestle alligators. But 
Nah, no luck. Poor, uh, poor, poor. But that's, I, I say that the one thing for me is I think I'd have liked the event more if Slammiversary hadn't been the day before it because yeah. Slammiversary was brilliant. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of was on a... Putting that over. Uh, Alex Watson, only two words. I caramba. Separately, Rollins vomited, but there was no Janny ready with a bucket of sawdust. Really concerned about their health and safety procedures. Minus five stars. Um, and finally, this is one you agree with. Being nice to wrestlers who are cool, not as good as slam aversary. There you are. Yep, definitely agree with that. So there you have it. I'm sure there'll be lots of buddies and putovers for that on the headline show with Rab and Grado this weekend. And remember, you can get them in to at Wrestling Daft on our Twitter or just Wrestling Daft on Facebook. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, Gary, I'm raging. And this is a bit, this is a bit pent-up rage. Um, it's, it's not about wrestling this week. It's not about wrestling. Is that about Alex? It's not about Alex. Oh. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, you know. The boy's ill. Sorry, he's failed the wellness policy. It's not about Alex. It's not about wrestling. It's about people on mobile fucking phones, right? Why? And maybe you'll explain this. You're, you're of a younger generation, Gary. Let's know. I'm, a, I'm a, coming up for the big 4-0 soon, okay? Why, oh why, do people wander the streets of the city with the mobile phones FaceTiming? Oh. Why do they do that? I don't want to hear your conversation. <laughs> I don't want to see this person. And for one, you're going to walk into a lamppost or you're going to walk into me as you walk around with the mobile phone doing a FaceTime. Why do people do this? Explain to me, you're of the younger generation. Do you do this? I do not. I am completely against. You wouldn't think so because we record the video chats here, but I'm completely against uh, FaceTime anyway. I don't like video calling people. I don't like calling people, so I'm completely against it. I would actually say, and obviously you need a bit of leeway on this, ban mobile phones unless people are sitting down or waiting at a train station or something. But I don't need people if you hold mobile phones. We've already seen what happened in a wrestling regard with them ruining the NXT main event last week. So just ban <laughs> mobile phones. But, right, so you're all for just banning <laughs> mobile phones. I wasn't going to go that far. I wasn't going to go that far. But see if you are one of those people, right? Please, please, just for me, just for me, you know, just put it to your fucking ear, right? You <laughs> Speak to the person with your ear and with your mouth. They don't need to see your face. They've seen it before. So, no to FaceTime on phones. Thank you. So, it's that time of the show we like to bury and put over stuff from all of the TV shows from the week. Um, myself, John, I do NXT. Gary does Raw. Alex normally does AEW, but I think we're going to do a combined AEW buddy and put over this week in his absence since he failed the wellness policy. And we get one of our... Patreons on to be our fellow Mark, and this week it is Mr. Bronze Chill who will be taking on SmackDown. How are you, sir? I'm good. Yourselves? Very well, thanks. Yeah, Bronze Chill was one of the fine gentlemen who joined us watching Extreme Rules. We've just been discussing that earlier mm-hmm. in the show. Gary's all for it. Me, not too sure. <laughs> Paul, what was your kind of final verdict on Extreme Rules? Um, I I enjoyed. It was a good watch. Um, you just had to leave it I at think the um, That's all you had to leave it at that. <laughs> that's all you had to leave it at. Yeah, the, the cinematic match, I think, went on a little bit too long. Um, but other than that, I'd, it, it, it was good. I, I really enjoyed Drew versus Dolph. Um, that, that finish was 
just absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. And yeah. it was a good show last night, Raw, as well, um, carrying on with it. Yeah. Well, so. we'll, get, we'll get into that with uh, Gary as he does the Raw. Uh, we know your wrestling credentials. You don't have to prove it to us. Um, but do you want to, let's Let's kick off with AEW. I will read out Alex's notes because Alex you know, even though he's failed the wellness policy, has provided us with notes from AEW. So here is Alex's notes on Fight for the Fallen. Put over incoming Kenny heel turn. First of thing he'll put over. <laughs> um, you guys obviously watched AEW as well. It does look, he was battering poor old Marco Stunt while he was on the ground after the victory. Um, do we think this is good? I, I think personally, yeah, I'm all for it. Yep. Kenny, I think he needs to do something on that. So, yeah. I, yeah. I think we've been calling for it for uh, months on here yeah. where it's like everybody at first thought, oh, Hangman's got to be the one that turns. And it's like, no, there's definitely much more stock in having Kenny Omega turn. You know, I mentioned it, that I, I think he needs to have a... He's, he's not done badly at all in AEW. Obviously, he's a big part of the tag team division now, but I feel like there's something missing for the Kenny Omega that we've seen in Japan. Yeah. I mm. think the heel turn could be the thing that brings that Kenny out. Yeah, I think everyone agrees with that. Uh, Alex is burying Taz, bringing back saying champion on commentary and missing the I in champion. <laughs> I've not noticed this. <laughs> I, I love Taz. I can't say anything. I'm a Taz mark, so I'm going to defend right, okay, him okay. on everything. <laughs> uh, his other buddy is Orange Drop. Too much effort for Cassidy. Demo God nonsense. Now, let me get on to that as well, because I am completely with Alex. As a wrestling fan, do you really care about fucking demographics? We're not marketers here. We don't care about that. We're, we're wrestling fans. I hope it's just a one-time thing, but see this Demo God thing. Top, this, I mean, you guys have seen it on Twitter. Every going, obviously, the NXT AEW rating battles are always going about this 18 to 49 demographic. And now they've obviously AEW. Again, another dig at WWE, which I need to think they need to kind of just pull back a bit. They've come out with this demo god stuff. Thoughts on it? Do you want to know the best thing? What? In approximately four months, Chris Jericho will no longer be in that demographic. On <laughs> <laughs> 15 November. I've, uh, so obviously a lot of wrestling journalists on Twitter, and the second the ratings are up, they are publishing those ratings. A few months ago, I decided not to bother because I like both shows. I can't be asked with the ratings. So I have muted the word demographic on Twitter. Well done. Well done. I did, you know, Alex is burying the orange drop. I, I really liked that. <laughs> I, 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 I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good. He's saying the constant repeats. It was repeated probably a bit more than it should have been. But Jericho on comms after it was brilliant. It was, it was just, just great. Um, and the Ortiz swimming. <laughs> just <Yeah>. constantly <laughs> slipping on it was was brilliant as well. So yeah, I I, I wonder scheme Alex on that one. I think um, he's putting over surprisingly strong booking in the main event. Well played with the preventing injury angle to save face for Cage. It was a kind of no win there, wasn't it, yep. for for Brian Cage? Because mm-hmm. they need to keep the belt on Moxley. I think we all we all kind of agreed on that last week. You know, but. You know, you, you ask the question, these guys coming in, you know, we're looking at Lance Archer, we're looking at Brody Lee, we're looking at Brian Cage, all these big guys coming in. What's the next move for these guys, you know? I feel like I, they've kind of, they're booking themselves into a corner quite a lot because the Brody Lee one, they instantly made him look weak in the same way Brian Cage, I think. I think yeah. the, the next challenger needs to be somebody that they've built up on AEW and that can take a loss. 
unless they do a title switch. So I feel like they've got a lot of building to do with Brian Cage now. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed the AW on Wednesday. I watched it. You know, a couple of buddies from me. The fact that um, Dash, Dax Wheeler can't um, start a, a van or a truck. He, he doesn't seem to start the truck. Brilliant. Uh, and I have to put over um, Hangman Page's uh, Jack Daniels to Cola ratio because there was a hell of a lot of Jack in there. Hell of a lot of Jack. So. Well done that, man. Um, anything for you guys you'd like to put over a buddy for me, the reason Alex isn't here? Sonic as Cody Rhodes. Incredible. Yeah. Such a good Absolutely match. incredible. Yeah. Lot of little heel hints from Cody, I thought, as well. Yeah. You wonder, you wonder, is that the, Cody drops TN, the TNT title and then goes in with Moxley? That's kind of where I could see that going. I wouldn't mind that, apart from the, I don't know how much we're going to go with the, him saying that he's never going to challenge for the That'll be part of the heel turn. Aye, that would be good. That would be, be part of the heel turn. So yeah, no, no, good. And uh, Alex's ma- match of the night. Uh, he hasn't went for Sonny Kiss uh, versus. Oh. He's, obviously, he's went for the Lucha Brothers versus FTR. <laughs> of course, he has. Such a mark. Let him away with that one, I guess. <laughs> obviously, obviously. Uh, let's move on to NXT then, uh, which I was on. Obviously, uh, going for the buddies and putovers. Let's see what we can put over. I'm going to put over the nation of Australia, um, just as a whole, because Jesus God, the amount of good female wrestlers that they're come, they're producing at the moment, incredible. You know, you've had Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, the Iconics. Now we've got Indy Hartwell, who looks like she'll, you know, she 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 went over Shotzi. She went over Shotzi. I mean, there was obviously a bit of <laughs> jiggery pokery going on, but. Um, Again, incredible the amount of female Australian wrestlers that are, that are doing well. I can make you change your mind on Indy Hartwell, John. Right, go. She is so young that she got into wrestling by watching Bailey versus Sasha Banks at NXT. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel ancient. Jesus <laughs> Christ. So yeah, let's put over uh, Australia. Um, and let's also you know move on to the Burries. Ah, where do we go with it? I won't even go. I'm not getting back into it. I'm not getting back into it, but the Archer of Infamy thing still just fucking me off. And the, the, uh, just, we won't get back into that. Um, I think, and this is my buddy, is Legado del Fantasmo are wasted in the cruiserweight. Um, oh, aye. And Raul Mendoza isn't a cruiserweight. No, no, But they seem to be. They, they did a vignette with with them, and they were talking about being the kind of running the cruiserweight division and stuff. So I think it's a complete waste of the talent they've got there and what they could do with it. Because I like where they're going with the vignettes and what they were doing with it. Um, Thatcher's vignettes, not a big fan, but we'll move on from that. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that is. It can also be a quick buddy as well to Karrion Cross, who, you know, following on from the fact that Dash Wheeler can't start a car, Karrion Cross clearly can't untie a tie if you watch that. Yeah. Watch that back, try to get a tie off. He struggled a bit. He can obviously rip men's arms out of their limbs, but he can't get a tie off. So we'll it reminded that. me of the Tyson Fury trying to snap a pencil on Raw thing. Let's put over, however. Legado del Fantasmo for boosting the cruiserweight. <laughs> so it obviously puts a spotlight. And listen, if they are going to be used, like it does put a, you know, the cruiserweight has just been thrown to a side after everything that's gone on. 
and obviously the, the drop in the 205 live. So I love it. I'm, I'm marked for a big, a nice little cruiserweight uh, match. So if it does get more eyes on the cruiserweight and kind of we start seeing a more focus on that, I'm all for it. So bury the fact they're getting used for it, but if they are going to get used for it, you know, let's put it over. Uh, so match night for me, um, where did I go with it? I mean, the, the main event we had... It was good. Tegan and uh, EO were, were great. Tegan really come across baby face, really strong baby face. I think in front of a crowd, she's going to do really well. And she's, she, again, she just see the improvements coming on. But, oh God, I can't, I just have to, I have to go for Lee versus Dijakovic because I just love the two big horses going at it. And I always think they produce, um, you know, and I'm really, I'm really looking forward to Dijakovic versus Karrion Cross. Did you see, that, um, that'll be money. Dijakovic on uh, Twitter talking about Karrion Cross. No. They said that he was going to slap the fake tattoos off a rubbish Goldberg or something, calling him. Then uh, <laughs> mentioned something about Sub Zero's granddaughter, uh, about uh, Scarlett. It was, I. They went all in on them on Twitter. Good. That, that'll, that'll be good. That'll be good next week. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, right, okay, let's move on to SmackDown. And you're full of positivity for this one, Paul. I am. I really enjoyed SmackDown last week. Um, it started off, there was an absolutely brilliant intro. I had promos from AJ, Matt Riddle, Alexa, Bliss, Nikki Cross, Miz and Morrison, Braun Strowman, Cesaro Nakamura and The New Day. And it had like a really old school feel to it, a bit like an old Saturday night's main event. And it made it feel like it was going to be a big show. And, and once The New Day had finished their promo, they literally did their usual, oh, people at home. And then they just went straight out to the ring. It was just such a perfect start for the show, really. And... After that, um, I've only really got a couple of little buddies. It wasn't, you know, full of bad parts. But my first major buddy is showing a highlight package of the karaoke contest from the week before. (laughs) That's one thing that I think uh, we didn't mention it in the Extreme Rules thing, but I love that they acknowledged that during Extreme Rules. Now, this is my question. (laughs) This is my question right here, and I asked this when we did did our Patreon party. Was the karaoke segment just set up to be that bad so they could use it as a gag at the horror show at Extreme Rules. <laughs> that yeah, is the blame. only reason I could see it being set up. <laughs> no. Well, Bray obviously called it the most horrifying, revolting, disgusting footage known to man. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, I could not regard it as a highlight. It'll probably go down as one of the worst segments in wrestling history. Yeah. And I think that fans are going to be talking about how bad it is for years to come now. Um, my other slight little niggle is they showing obviously a promo for the Jeff Hardy Sheamus bar fight promo, um, and then it never happened. But obviously we found out now that it's going to be on next week's SmackDown, so I can kind of give it a bit of a pass. But I just don't think that they wanted two bad cinematic matches in one night. <laughs> was was there a reason Gary reaching out to you on this one? Was there? Did you hear anything why that that didn't end up appearing at Extreme Rules? No, the two things I've been trying to find out, the two things that seem to be coming forward about that is both the fact they wanted to keep the short pay-per-view, which I'm a big fan of, so they didn't want to overload it with stuff, but also the TV ratings. You know, Big Show Orton was on Raw last night. Everybody expected that to be on Extreme Rules, so it seems like they're maybe trying to keep bigger matches for TV as well going forward. Mentioned it earlier that, you know, people don't like them using pay-per-views to sell TV. 
but they make more money for TV, so it weirdly makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And match of the night, Paul. Um, I'm I'm kind of torn between Matt Riddle and AJ. It was a really good match, and then Baron Corbin came out after, so it's obviously going to further the the Matt Riddle feud. Um, but definitely my match of the night. They'd hyped up a big surprise guest on the moment of Bliss. Um, so Sasha and Bailey came out, and Bliss says that them two aren't the surprise. And Asuka came out, and then it set up for Asuka and Nikki Cross versus Sasha Banks and Bailey. Um, definitely the match of the night. There was great tag team chemistry between Asuka and Nikki Cross, and probably my favourite part of the night. Nikki hit a great tornado DDT off the announce table. That was probably my, my highlight of the night. Definitely nice. match of the night. Nice. It's like, so SmackDown seems to be up in its game, do we think? It's uh, mm-hmm. going in the right yeah. direction. Maybe we'll yeah, have to start. All right, as soon as Jeff Hardy Sheamus ends, it'll be brilliant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, Gary, let's hop over to Monday Night Raw. My putovers and biddies are going to give people absolutely no idea of what went on in Raw because they're so obscure. Um, but anyway, we'll get to it. My first put over, MVP. Um, back in January, MVP came back to WWE as a guest appearance in the Royal Rumble. Apparently a one-off. He then wrestled, I believe, against Rey Mysterio the next night on Raw for what was meant to be his retirement match. Seven months later, he's still here. Um, and not only is he still here, he's revitalised his own career, but he's also revitalised the careers of Bobby Lashley and now Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. We've got a new faction called the... Heart Foundation, um, although it's not, that's the, the thing that I mentioned. It. They should the be called Foundation. the Heart Foundation. They should be called the Heart Foundation. The Heart Business, yeah. is it? I apparently um, I, I put up something about them and I got a tweet saying that uh, producer John had said the Heart Foundation and I'm like, I said it as well and it's like, oh no, we don't know what one is said at first. So I'm calling <laughs> it the Heart Foundation going forward because it's a better name. But it's the Heart Business. The only thing that I'm not sure about on that, they brought out a t-shirt and it's the Heart Business Bobby Lashley under it. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they're using it as just his nickname, but they were referencing that as the faction name definitely all night. Either way, I don't care. My put over is MVP, absolutely brilliant, uh, and yeah, revitalising the careers of two people that could do with a push. Is, is Cedric going to join as well? Do you think? I'm not sure. So I think that the, the you know the thing that we would see, and I know we're going to get into it in the news, um, would be the full Apollo Cruz storyline. I thought he was a a stick on for the person that would join it. But, you know, Cedric and Ricochet could. I think anything that makes them fresh is good because they've kind of dropped the ball on them a little bit more again. I think, you know, we've not had a good faction in a wee while, have we? No. And this could be this this could be one of them. They do it well in NXT, but not so much in the main roster. Yeah. League yeah. of Nations come to mind, and so does Zelina's faction for a while ago that just couldn't get a win, so... Yeah, I hopefully. Well, we've got, I mean, you've obviously got um, Seth and his disciples, but that's kind of, you know, <laughs> Austin Theory. Where the fuck I was going to say, theory? Seth and his disciple. Yeah. Disciple, <laughs> the one I, of them, yeah. I. So I've just kind of fallen away as well. So no, that, that, I'm, I, I'm all for that. All for that. Yeah. And uh, the Barry actually comes for that as well. So while I love them making a new faction, and while it was the right decision to have a returning Mustafa Ali pick up the win, you can't put the Giller a faction and then have them lose on the first match, especially when one of them's in a United States title picture. Oh. It, it took the pin, MVP took the pinfall um, against uh, Mustafa Ali and Ricochet and Cedric, which it was a great match. As far as six-man matches go, I'm delighted with that, but I just felt like they 
they should have booked those separately. Um, the Mustafa returning, aye, just yeah. it was a wee bit annoying. The other Barry falls into the booking category again. I remember I used to not like burying any kind of booking things. This one isn't so much booking as it is them being self-aware of their own booking and saying stuff about it. So Alistair Black was on a 32-match unbeaten run. He had never, you know, lost cleanly. I believe the only loss that he had in singles competition where he took a pinfall was in a handicap match against uh, AJ Styles and Gallows and Anderson. Uh, essentially, what happened was Alistair Black went up against Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins won, and we ended up with Alistair Black um, getting injured, seemingly written off TV, and the commentators decided just not to acknowledge the fact that he had been on this massive run. Annoying both for Alistair Black, because he deserves to be acknowledged as having been that dominant guy, but also it kind of takes something away for Seth for beating him, because you can put over Seth huge if you say, this guy goes to Rey Mysterio's eye, and then... Yeah. It has ended up ending Alistair Black's streak. So that was a wee bit annoying, but I will. Yeah. Imagine uh, Oh, you got one more, buddy. Got one, one, one more put over. And the put over is actually the complete opposite of that. So I mentioned Alistair Black's winning streak. Ruby Riot finally won last night for the first time in singles action since February 11th, 2019, Jeez. where she beat Nikki Cross on Raw. So she has finally won a singles match. You could actually, you could see what it meant to it. It looked completely legitimate the way she felt after it, you know, the emotion that came through. And man, I'm just happy she finally won a match. Hopefully it's the first of many because I really want her to be pushed. Yeah, was, was Belle Air at ringside for it? Oh, I'm not sure. I don't think so because it was only, or maybe she was, it was only um, Peyton Royce that was there rather than Billy Kay being there. I can't mm. remember. I know Belle Air was there because she was in a backstage segment. But I can't remember if she was at ringside. Right. All right, there. Uh, yeah. And match of the night, um, we mentioned it there. Seth Rollins, Alistair Black. Nothing else needs to be said. Lengthy match between those two is always going to be good. Yeah, good, good. Well, uh, I've got a lot of catching up to do on Raw. Um, thank you very much, Paul, as ever, for coming on and getting involved in the show. We love you. And we did the mention that he's wearing a wrestling daft t-shirt. He's wearing a wrestling daft t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, you can see his wrestling daft t-shirt and all its glory if you watch the, the video version on the Patreon. So get signed up now, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Paul, thanks as ever. And remember, if you want to get your buddies and putovers for Rab and Gradle on the headline show, dead easy to do, at wrestling daft on Twitter or just find us on wrestling daft on Facebook. <laughs> Right, it's Patreon time. It's the time we ask you to put your hand in your pockets and support the podcast. And in these times, we'd really, really appreciate it. Uh, so just in case you don't know what Patreon is, it's basically a service that you sign up for, choose how much you want to give to the podcast, and in return, we offer you extra content. You can see what we have to offer at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Now, tier one, that's about three quid a month. As a cruiserweight champion, you'll get ad-free versions of all episodes early episode access, bonus content from the shows, uh, full video version of this very podcast, so you can see the beautiful Gary Cassidy and wearing a lovely tartan shirt today. Um, and you can vote on what you want to see in the list of wrestling daft, which we'll get onto at the end of the show. Uh, tier 2, Intercontinental Champion, $10 a month, about 7 odd quid. Uh, get everything in Tier 1 as well as you get a video version of the headline show with Rab and Gregor each week, so you get to see them in all their glory. Uh, you get invited to our Patreon pay-per-view parties. We just did one there for Extreme Rules, uh, which was a really good laugh. We all had a couple of beers and had a laugh at the Swamp Match. Um, and you'll get a bonus episode once a month. Uh, that should be coming out this week or next week. 
Uh, it's Rab on wrestling as we find out a wee bit more about Rab's history into the business. Uh, tier 3 World Heavyweight Champion, $20 a month. Everything previous tiers. Um, you also get free wrestling daft t-shirt with a design of your choice, but you need to be signed up for a minimum of three months. Uh, plus the chance to come on this show as a mark or on the headline show in our new feature called The Run-In, where you get to come in onto the show and you get to ask Rab and Grado whatever you want. So you get that all on tier three. So get involved now. We'd love to welcome you to our roster, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. Bad, 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 bad news. It's the Wrestling News with Gary Castle. And Alex isn't here this week to screw his face <laughs> up at the jingle, so that's good news. Um, Gary, the world of wrestling... It's been a bit of a slow news week for you. You've not had much going on, have you? Nothing at all. Um, the only thing was that I was uh, vindicated in my Gallows and Anderson story because they are now in Impact. So well, you, were, you were happy. You were you were slightly worried you were going to. That was going to be a big <laughs> failure. Uh, and obviously, last week you were talking about getting battered off uh, Carol Anderson potentially as well. So I'm glad that's all worked out for you, buddy. I'm glad that's <laughs> If you want to see or read any of Gary's stuff, uh, you can get it on Sports Kida. Um, but what is happening in the world of wrestling news? I believe Vince doesn't give a fuck about the ratings. <laughs> Aye, so we've managed to um, kind of avoid coronavirus this week, but this is still kind of related because we know the ratings have gone down over this you know, pandemic period, this era of not having actual audiences. And people thought the ratings might go up. They have done the opposite. Raw last week, 1.561 million viewers, a record low, um, you know, not not too much higher than what NXT and AEW combined hit, and obviously they're meant to be lesser shows somewhat. So Vince McMahon, everybody would imagine that Vince McMahon's raging. This is what guy that we mentioned last week that's reporting on this. Paul Davis at WrestlingNews.co, the guy that I mentioned with no social media presence. The one thing that I need to say on this, this is the guy who also said that Mustafa Ali was not going to be moved to Raw because he was still listed as a SmackDown superstar and they got moved to Raw last night. Um, so we'll just... Uh, Davis is talking shite. As I, we'll approach with caution here and I can <laughs> right, say that because okay. he's not got social media to call me out anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, he's reporting and I've got a wee bit to add to this anyway, but he's reporting that um, Vince McMahon is apparently not too bold about the fact that the ratings are doing because nothing you can do about it. Um, apart from the fact that Vince McMahon obviously replaced Paul Heyman with, with Bruce Pritchard. Um, <laughs> so it does seem a wee bit bothered in the way that he made changes to try and fix it. Well, um, but yeah, um, he's saying that apparently he shrugged off the low figures though. And that is something that is definitely believable. We can imagine that Vince McMahon would just shrug it off and say, I viewership will go up eventually. Um, but there are a couple of wee bits to add to this. A lot of people are saying that um, Vince McMahon's not happy with the ending to the uh, eye for an eye match at Extreme Rules, which a few people 
agreeing with him there. Um, real people agree with Vince McMahon, but apparently it was deleted with the Wyatt family and um, uh, the Wyatt Swamp fight. So, really? Yeah, a lot of weird reports coming out about that. But mm. yeah, I guess. I will wait and see what happens. Wait and is see it, if he gets his sight back. It is interesting, though, because when we went into this pandemic, you know, and this is behind the curtains of wrestling daft, when I went, went into this pandemic, I thought, oh, that'll be good because more people listen to podcasts, more people listen to us. It's actually had the other effect that yeah. it's because people aren't in the routine. It, people aren't Aye. in the ordinary routine, so people aren't commuting. People aren't watching the same TV shows at the same time. Um, it, it's kind of knackered everyone's routine a wee bit. So I think with any luck, that will all return once once we get life back to normal. But yeah, I I'm, I feel Vince's pain. I feel <laughs> Vince's pain. Um, let's move on to the next story. Um, pot- ah, this got me excited. Potential return of the nation of domination. So when I read this, I had to check for a second and make sure it wasn't the like kayfabe news that were posting it because I was <laughs> like, surely no. Um, but it did excite me when I realised it was a new actual story. So the thing about this, we, we kind of we spoke about it with um, the factions thing, WWE and factions. They do it really well in NXT, maybe not so much on Raw, but we've got the Hurt Business um, back. And obviously, a Paul Cruz is in a rivalry with them. We've seen Ron Simmons last night. I was certain that Ron Simmons was going to take a punt or an RKO for Randy Orton due yeah. to the fact they were calling him a legend. But no, uh, Dave Meltzer's reporting our favourite journalist, Dave Meltzer, I feel like I need to add every time. <laughs> that You know, I, I mentioned this last week, every single week on Raw, there's multiple rewrites this, multiple rewrites that, but yesterday they were meant to start recording at 1pm um, Florida time, and they started recording after, I think it was like half two. Obviously, a lot of things changed. It seemed like it was last minute, which I don't mind, because we got a good show anyway, so keep doing it last minute. But one of the plans that was originally floated and why Ron Simmons was appearing on camera was a return or a revamp of the Nation of Domination. Uh, Ron Simmons was going to be a part of it, but I don't know how many of the original members they could get back. So you'd have to assume that we'd be getting some new superstars in there. Apollo Crews wasn't there, but apparently that's a, you know, a, a kind of by appearance thing. We're going to see him back at some point. Could be, you know, this week, next week. Could be in a couple of weeks. We don't know. But the thing I like about that is his indie name was Yuha Nation. So if we could change the name a wee bit and just call it, you know, Yuha Nation or something like that, it'd be quite cool and have Apollo Crews flanked by Ron Simmons. But I don't know who else they'd have there. Maybe Cedric and Ricochet? Cedric and Ricochet know, yeah. is the one that other. So I guess that would kind of set up the kind of heart business with um, Farouk stroke Ron Simmons against, you know, uh, the guys, yeah, I, you know, that, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Um, I, I, I'm all for it if if they do it. But um, yeah, if they've rewritten, it doesn't look likely now, does it? Nah, we'll wait and see. You never know. These kind of things can always come back out. But there's sometimes more of these stories. People were saying Nexus were going to reform at WrestleMania, and it turned out that it was just a signing that we're going to do. So, <laughs> so we'll wait and see. Yeah, uh, on the buddy or putovers we mentioned. Uh, from Alex via text that uh, he <laughs> didn't like the orange juice drop. And apparently, it was all Chris Jericho's idea. Yep. And the, the most cutting news uh, that we can ever give, you know, actually, I shouldn't say slate because we like giving out wee bits of news that are only the most serious, like, 
you know, people losing their jobs or the coronavirus stuff. It's actually nice to get a wee bit of news like this. And we know Chris Jericho's a genius. We know it. The guy, everything he does turns to gold. Everything he touches turns to gold. And it turns out that his uh, segment with Orange Cassidy, where they dumped gallons of orange juice. Sadly, we don't have a number on the gallons there. That would have been nice uh, to to get that insider info, but we can't get that. Um, but the actual info is that Chris Jericho, it was all his idea. And he originally wanted, people who have watched wrestling for a while will love this, originally wanted Orange Cassidy to come to the ring and hose down Jericho with orange juice, a la Kurt Angle with milk. That would have been brilliant. Um, and that's something that he revealed on his, I think we even referenced this last week, his weekly show that he does on Facebook called Saturday Night Special. Um, which he just answers a load of questions and chats about stuff. But yeah, apparently that was all his idea, so pretty cool. No, no, I, I thought I, I liked the spot. I thought it was really, really good fun. And uh, I'd like to say, Ortiz swimming about was tremendous. Loved it. <laughs> loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, Gary, as ever, thank you very much for all the news. So that's it for a very uh, diluted version of this week's show. No fancy booking Island or turning Japanese in Alex's absence, but we will be back where next week as Alex controls the book and we are apparently got to book Grado's run in TNA. So that will be interesting. And I might see if I can get Grado on to be the guest judge on that as well. We will see. We will see. But yeah, we'll be back next week and we've got an extra special interview. Gary, who have we got on next week's show? Yeah, um, you know, I'm no one to shy away from controversial interviews. I'll always interview anyone, and this is someone who's been making waves across wrestling for the right and wrong reasons for the past few years. A video was recently posted of him in a ring holding up his WWE Cruiserweight Championship, but he's no longer with the company. Um, and he had it behind me, for the, or behind him, for the full interview. Enzo Amore, um, ah. a lot of stuff that uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff I wanted to talk to him about. The reason I got in touch with him is because, like uh, I think I mentioned last week when we spoke about Gallows and Anderson going to Impact, um, they are also doing a show called Talking Shop Mania, and they've got a load of people there. It's going to be them, Keith Slater, um, Kurt Hawkins, Teddy Long, a load of big names there. Mike and Maria Canellis are there. A, a load of massive names are going to be doing that event. Enzo is one of them. And he spoke to me about the main event, which is called a Boner Yard match. And it is Gallows and Anderson going one and one in their parody of the Boneyard match. Uh, so he spoke to me a lot about that. But the more important stuff, I asked him about how Big Cass is doing. Um, asked him about how things are between him and Vince McMahon right now. And yeah, just a load of stuff about what he's doing, if he's continuing in wrestling and all that kind of stuff. Really interesting interview, but if you're offended by the F word, you're probably best not listening to it. Anyone that's offended by the F word will not <laughs> listen to this podcast anyway. Have you heard Robin Grado? Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so we'll be having Enzo, which I'm, I'm, I have to say, I was a massive mark for Enzo and Cass. So um, I'm looking forward to hearing what you had to say to him, Guy. We'll have that on next week's show and the return of Big Alex uh, hopefully. remember we go twice a week now we have the March programme with us guys and you hear Rabbit and Grado on a Friday where this week the list of wrestling daft there was the choice between the worst segment ever in wrestling based off the back of the karaoke on Smackdown versus I, I just put it up the best tag teams ever and obviously the best tag teams ever that won it uh, Gary who's your favourite tag team oh 
can it be the Hurt Foundation? They're no, oh, they're no, doing it. no. I think, I, I think maybe. So it depends if we go for actual tag teams. I think the Hurt Foundation might actually be up there. Um, Demolition will always get a mention. For me, the earliest one, I, oh, I'm stuck now. I was going to say maybe the Mega Powers deserve a mention, but for me, it's the, the British Bulldogs. Oh. I remember them as a kid and they got me into everything. Um, but yeah. I think there's a lot of, you know, when you look at the new teams, there's a lot of teams that we could look back in many years. You know, Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, all deserve a mention. So, yeah. yeah, Young Bucks. Young Bucks eventually, I think, will be mentioned as well. Yeah. And even the Usos, I think, will deserve a mention as well when it's all said and done. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, for me, I think I'd go for the British Bulldogs, just nostalgia. British Bulldogs is a good shout. I wish I'd thought of that one. But I personally would have to go for the Legion of Doom stroke oh, Warriors. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember dressing up as Animal when I was about eight years old. It was the, I won the Cubs fancy dress. Me and my friend dressed up as the Legion of Doom. Um, so yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to put Legion of Doom in there. But we'll find out what you guys have to say uh, and also what Rab's going to count down as top three this week on the show so make sure you listen to Rab and Grado in the meantime get on patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft sign up there buy a t-shirt from us we'd really appreciate that as well shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft get involved in all that and uh, next week we'll be back with Big Alex on this podcast Gary where can we get you in the meantime wrestling Gary on Twitter type in wrestling daft Follow Wrestling Daft and then take away the last four letters, stick in Gary, G-A-R-Y, and I'll be on there talking about wrestling because that's all I do. That is all you do. <laughs> uh, are, you, are you going to be on TikTok as well for all your, um, not TikTok. I was going to say, say definitely no, definitely no, 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 no. TikTok. <laughs> are, you, are you going to be on Twitch today and this week? I, um, yep, I go on Twitch now, normally for about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour before Raw, Smackdown and NXT slash AEW and just chat about wrestling, take questions for people, give my opinion. Um, so if anybody isn't sick of hearing me talk on here, they can go and check out <laughs> Twitch, Gary Talks Wrestling. Good. Get involved in that and uh, support Gary there as well. So yeah, have a great week and until next time, keep marking out. Audio Frontier. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.